What's up, everybody? It's Mark from Planet Revise here. Welcome to Delta Frame. Uh, just a disclaimer, we get a little bit loud about the things we love here on the show, but it's for the overall good. This episode is going to go a little different. Uh, we have our first in-person interview, so I was excited about that. Um, but here we're introducing my good buddy, John Osbeck. He's an award-winning filmmaker, director, actor, has even worked with Tom Hanks. Uh, he has a couple movies on Amazon Prime that you can go stream right now. And his upcoming film, Down to the Felt, is beginning production in early 2024. Super excited for this man. He's a very down-to-earth person, super good at what he does, and I can't wait to dive deep with him with all of you. Before we get going here, I got to let you know how important your feedback is to us here at Planet Revise. If you have 30 seconds after the listen, please text us at 380-390-8629. That's 380-390-8629. Text us your name, what you do for a living, and a short message giving us a hot take, suggestions, or just overall feedback about what you just experienced. Can't wait to hear from you. Enjoy. All right, man. How are you? I'm good now. <laughs> As always, thank you for uh, spending your time. I know you're a pretty busy guy. Um, I wanted to get you and get to know you a little better and talk to you about kind of your life, your acting career, and what you're doing now in Columbus. You know, this upcoming year and beyond. Okay. Um, go ahead, introduce yourself to everybody. I already know you a little bit. But... All right, uh, John Osbeck. Uh, been in Columbus almost all my life. Uh, moved down here uh, when I was like four and I've been here ever since then. Um, I'm an actor, um, started off as an actor uh, and that evolved into uh, writing, directing, producing, doing just about every kind of job that there is on a set. Um, Yeah. And uh, that's me. Nice, man. (laughs) Nice. Where'd you move from? My family uh, lived in, I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, and then I think at nine months, moved to Miami, Florida. Yeah. And then after being there for six months, moved to Cleveland, and then from like University Circle, part of Cleveland, down to Solon. And then and then my parents got divorced, and I moved down to Columbus with my – or I didn't. I didn't move down. Right. My mom moved my brother and I down to Columbus when I was just about four, hmm. so – so that was it. It was like my dad had a bunch of different uh, uh, places where he, for his job. He was traveling for for his job, and we were following him. Right. And then eventually came back up to Cleveland, which is actually where my mom's family is from. So, um, so most of my most of my family's here. Been in Ohio for a long, nice. long time. Yeah. I mean, well, you seem like a pretty grounded guy. So, is family something that you know you kind of base yourself in, center yourself around? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, <laughs> it's funny, you know, when people say like you're a grounded guy. I don't. I guess I don't think about it that much. But um, no, I mean, family's huge. Family's really important to me. Um, you know, my wife Jennifer and my daughter Ava are, um, and then you know, my family beyond that. I mean, family's like what's most important, right? At the end of the day, so. Uh, I mean, all this other stuff is nice, but family definitely gives you a good perspective. I'm old too, Mark. <laughs> it's like, how do you find that balance between, you know, 
being older and then also being a busy person. You know what I mean? Like putting on a movie, you know, being an actor, that's not necessarily a cumbersome thing. You know, you're always moving. Uh, well, I, uh, I think my personality is I just, I do feed off of that though. I, I have always been the kind of person that if I have only one thing to do, sometimes I will put that off until the very last minute. <laughs> if I have like eight things to do, I'm constantly trying to do all eight things. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, my personality, I just feed off of that. Right. So I do like, I think I just, I love the idea of spinning plates. Maybe that's why I love filmmaking. Because there are so many freaking plates that have to spin when you're doing something. Um, I love being a part of it. I love being a plate that is spinning, but I also love kind of like making it making it all happen, yeah. right? like organized chaos. That's kind of how I. It's the best type of chaos because uh, I put out like maybe one short film. It was like 16 minutes, um, but it was honestly the most fascinating thing ever. It, I kind of picture it as like creating a roller coaster ride you know what i mean and if people want to continue to ride that ride then you got something good yeah um it's a good way of putting it what would you say is like the driving force for you to be a filmmaker hey man, these are good questions <laughs> uh no soft falls around here no no it's, it's good um the driving force for being a filmmaker um i feel uh, well, I feel like all my life, I've always been very interested in the stories of other people. Um, when I was a kid, uh, and I might be driving, or my mom would be driving around, and I'd be in the back seat. I would look out. I, I, I remember this vividly. I would get really sad when I would see people just like sitting at a bus stop or walking down the street. They could have just been being regular. They didn't have to be poor or homeless. No, or no, like anybody. <laughs> I, I, I would get so wrapped up into like, I, oh, I wonder what their story is. I wonder what, you know, I wonder what their life is like. I wonder, I, and I, I, I don't know what it was about me being a kid. Um, you know, I'm still, I go to a therapist regularly. I'm still trying to work through it. Uh, but there was something about that that I think has always stuck with me that I've always been fascinated that everybody has a story and like anybody that you could pass on the street. Um, I mean, they, they, they are, they are the main character in their movie of life. And I'm just like an extra walking by their life. Right. Just like I'm the main character of my movie. You're the main character of your movie. And we, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I've now since thought about putting it in that kind of context in my, in right. my brain, but I've just always been fascinated by story and movies has, ha, have also been the way that I growing up and, and with my parents getting divorced at a young age, movies were always uh, for me that way of dealing with what I was going through as a kid. Um, I, I remember vividly being so uh, emotionally affected by et when i saw it so steven i i know really uh it's not like an emotional movie <laughs> like, well i mean there's you know, emotion but like when et leaves uh, at the end but uh, uh, you're right for the most part <laughs> but what i what i saw was and again this is like unpacking it years and years later um 
what I saw in that movie was this family that was had a mom and he had his brother and sister and it was just them. Right. There's this amazing scene at the dinner table that happens early in the movie before he discovers E.T. in the backyard in the shed. And it's this uh, scene about them talking about this father who's never shown. It's not even a character in the movie other than the dialogue that they have. And I remember being at an early age. You know, this is in the 70s, 80s uh, when I was growing up. E.T. was in the early 80s. Right. Um, but I remember thinking like, oh, somebody's like normalizing like being from a like divorced family because it was something that I always felt was like a separator of things. Um, and when I saw it on the screen and then like his connection to E.T., I was just like overwhelmed with emotion. It just like struck me. Yeah. So I, 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 I figured out in my own way at that time when I was a kid that movies are like movies helped me figure out feelings like right. when you watch somebody and i think this is something that a lot, everybody i hope relates to in, in a certain way but you know i will also say for me i'm i'm much more emotional when i'm watching films or watching shows um than i than i am in my own life and my day-to-day mm -hmm. -day things uh like uh, i just have a tendency to to let the my emotions out when i'm watching something emotional happen on right. screen and I think that's kind of what it, I, I hope that's what uh, the things that I've done in the past and where I've been a part of have helped other people do. And that's what I always strive to do. So my my drive to filmmaking to make a, a long way around to answer your question is uh, I want to put stories out there that help people either um, experience emotions that they need to experience through this world of cinema or to share experiences that people don't feel alone in the world. So I, that, that's how I'm able to verbalize it now. Right. I think I've always felt that way. I just didn't know maybe how, how to verbalize it so well, but that yeah. is, you know, to connect and to share stories. I think the more that we do that, um, I think the better off we're you know, on a much larger scale, like the better off we all are. Yeah. Movies are like this window to, the world that you want to be or the world that you want to be a part of. You know what I'm saying? You were like, Hey, I get to express myself more in these movies than I do in my regular life. I see myself doing that sometimes too. Um, but it's more so due to like, again, like you were saying, needing to get something out or something is emotionally prodding at what I need yeah. to figure out in my own life. I think it's beautiful that way. Um, that's one of the reasons I started filmmaking as well, just because it's nice to be able to, put that pain into video form or into acting or into producing, um, into writing even. Um, it's a beautiful process. And even if you don't feel those emotions anymore, if the stuff does get produced, at least you got them out on paper. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. I mean, it can be cathartic, right? I mm -hmm. mean, I mean, whatever process, whatever part of the process you want to look at. Um, I mean, it all, and it all starts with writing. So, being authentically connected to whatever it is that you're writing, whether it's pain, whether it's joy, whether it's, um, sad, you know, sadness, whatever, um, getting to a place where you can be authentic in that connection to it. And uh, I think makes it, I think that's when you connect with others and people, you know, you can't please everybody all the time, but I think that's when you'll find that you make connections with people through what you do. 
I don't even think people get into filmmaking to people please. You know what I mean? Even though you want the masses to enjoy what you do, sure, you want it to be like a double-edged sword. What you're, what I you're think it, you're, you you hit the nail on the head with um, you got something in you that you need to get out, right? And it can be humor, it can be uh, pathos, it can be whatever you know, it can be it can be any of that. Yeah, man. Let's um, let's go back a little bit further and kind of unravel how you started acne. Um. I was, was going to say, go back further. We, we went back to, like, Bert? where I was when I was born. <laughs> I'll tell you about my mom and dad, but they actually have a fascinating story. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You can touch on it whenever. No, 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 no. No. But, okay. When, yeah. Uh, all right. When you're acting, like, that's not necessarily – I mean, even you see it on Instagram, Twitter today. You know you have what they call an Instagram comedian or somebody who just personally does skits, but they're getting a lot of traction and engagement from it. I wouldn't consider that acting. So can you touch on a little bit what it was like for you coming up, what type of roles you went for and what type of losses you experienced to get to where you are now? Cause it's not the easiest thing to just put a camera in front of your face and start being a specified <laughs> role. Like that's never easy. <laughs> I mean, look, when I figure it out, I'll let you know. Um, I'm, I'm probably far from figuring uh, these things out, but at least my experience of it. So I started acting when, well, my mom would say I started acting at the dinner table. I would listen to uh, comedy albums. Yes, Mark on vinyl when vinyl was the only thing that was vinyl. around. Yeah, right no, I love vinyl. I mean, we're, we're talking vinyl. before cassettes. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, so, uh, or at least before we could afford to have a cassette player. Um, so I would listen to, uh, man, I listened to it. <laughs> my brother had, my brother's four years older than me. Mm hmm. I'm taking you on a journey here, Mark. Oh, you're good. My brother's four years older than me, and he had all the good albums. So I would always listen to – he had all the great Beatles albums he had, um, but also had great comedy albums. Uh, Cheech and Chong, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, um, all the National Lampoon albums, all their sketches that were on vinyl. And so I, uh, I, I'd, I'd listen to these records, and then at dinner, I would do them again at the dinner table to try to make – my mom laugh and make yeah. my brother laugh and I would succeed. And I knew like when I was really successful at the dinner table, I would get sent to my room. <laughs> like, uh, cause then it would involve me like doing pratfalls, like falling out of my chair and getting in a physical. So my mom says that's where my acting started. But then when I was, uh, I did, I did plays in middle school. Um, and I was never, I was like, I was never much of an athlete a little bit. I ran track. I wrestled. Um, I mean, you're in shape now. Uh, <laughs> at least from what I can tell still working on it uh, but uh, I, I, I discovered that you know I just I loved uh, the theater and so when I did uh, I was I was Tony in West Side Story in, in the 8th grade that was a pretty big hallmark yeah. and then I went to high school and I was really fortunate to have an incredible uh, theater teacher and who was also the director of the plays. And that's when I really first started to experience what I think acting truly was for me. Like the, what I would call like real acting. Right. Um, serious acting. So um, I, I did theater through high school and then I, uh, <laughs> It's a long path to it, 
for then for a long time, I didn't do anything. So I, I came back to acting when I was in my late twenties and, uh, I pursued other things, uh, just a professional career, but there was always something that, that nod at me in the back of my head, like this thing that I loved doing. Hmm. Uh, and I finally came back around to it when I was in my late twenties and I, and I was fortunate enough to get in, uh, with a friend of mine from high school who I knew from high school, who wasn't even a really close friend, but he remembered me as this actor and he was doing a short film. And he said, Hey, I, I remember you from theater in high school. I, I'm doing a short film. I would love for you to come out and audition. And, uh, I did. And it was horrible. It was terrible. I had never auditioned for film, uh, before. So I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to like work with the reader. Uh, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know anything about it. I was, and it was terrible. It was truly terrible. Uh, and I, it's just one of those moments where like in, when you're in the room, you can feel it. You can just feel how like, it's not going well. Right. And I have to say, um, I owe a lot to this person for doing this one thing. He, I went out to the parking lot, I was getting in my car ready to go. And he came out and he's like, I know you're better than that. I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, dude. And he was like, I know it's okay. He, then he walked me through it. And then he said, take however much time you need and then come back in the room and do it again. And I got a part in that little film and that started like getting an agent locally wow. and then started doing other work with this group of like kind of indie rogue filmmakers that were in Columbus at that time. Then we all started working on each other's short films. And then we all tried to break into doing features and of our own that we were writing and producing ourselves and mm -hmm. doing all of that. So that was like the start of it. I feel like I've gone away from your question though, Mark. No, that's cool. Um, um, it's a lot. And shout out to your friend, you know, who kind of gave you that second chance. You know, it's yeah. pretty easy is if you're either running the camera or in front of the camera, it's super easy to just not get a call back. <laughs> you know, right. Literally just to be able to go in and execute well is hard enough, but now you got to focus on, Hey, do they actually like you? Yeah. So the fact that he gave you that kind of kept that confidence building in you, that's amazing. Incredibly lucky. I was uh, very fortunate um, in that specific one because I, I could I could easily see. I mean, it could have gone one way or the other right. after that experience. If it, if he had not come out and said something, I probably would have been like, "Yep, <laughs> I didn't do it." Uh, there's a reason why I did not do this for like ten years, and there's a reason why. Um, but when he came out and did that, um, yeah, it was like the start of then. Yeah. And then you learn that journey. And then, then I started to, uh, I mean, I, I was with an agent when I was in, uh, when I was a freshman in high school. Right. So I had a, a local commercial agent. I booked one job and it was for voiceover. You're probably it, it was like a group of kids that were doing a voiceover yeah. for, for this, uh, whatever the business was. Um, but I did start taking acting classes through this agency back way, way back. The agency's not even around anymore. Um, and I got a taste of uh, like a little bit of Stanislavski method and right. Um, so I got a little taste of it, but then it wasn't until much later when I, after I, I started in that short film mm -hmm. that my friend did that I started to really say, okay, I love this. I'm going to take this seriously. <clears throat> I'm going to find out who's teaching class around. So then I started taking acting classes wherever I could and started doing everything that I possibly could. And then I got an agent, a uh, commercial agent, and started having those experiences like you're talking about of, you know, going into a room. And I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is too, like, 
there's a wonderful part about it. And there, there's the, I mean, horrible part of it as well for an actor, which is like the majority of your uh, acting careers, people telling you that you're not it. Oof. Right. Is it building that thick skin? It is, but I, I think, and it, it, you know, it takes some people longer to get there and some people shorter, but you get to a place where you're like, you start to understand that if you go in and I think a lot of it comes back to being authentic. Like I said before, yeah. if you go in and you're authentic and you've done all of your work to get into that room, to be in front of that camera and be in that situation. Um, and you're going to give an authentic read. And you're going to do what you are going to do in that scene. It's either going to line up with what that casting director or that producer or that director wants or not. Right. And sometimes you can't, there's just no way to get around what somebody else has in their mind for a role when they write something or when they're making it, there's just no way to get around that. But at some point, those things are going to line up and, and you being authentic is going to, is going to resonate with whoever's making that decision in that room. And the surest way to not have that happen is to stop auditioning and stop working for it. Right. Like that's the easiest way for you to not make it. That's the surest way for you to not make it. So uh, I've always felt like, well, like there's no choice, but other than to continue to do it. Yeah. Even in the stuff that I've seen you do, mind you, you're no like small actor compared to who, people who don't act in the the big leagues. You know what I mean? You're still up there. You've been in a Tom Hanks movie. I worked with Alec Baldwin as well. Um, it's it's a lot easier for people to kind of start nowadays. But building that craft is something that I feel like that you've perfected over time. Because even seeing you on film, like you captivate like a pulse a lot of people do not and cannot do nowadays. Wow. Um, so that's more of a testimony to your authenticity to anything, no? Uh, well, one, thank you. Uh, I, I hope so. Um, I think that's, that's now become the goal. I don't think it's always been that way. I think, I think when you start out and I don't think there's anything terribly wrong with starting out, you, em, you emulate actors, right. right. That, that you admire. And I think some of that just kind of builds what your on-camera personality is, right? Either the movies that you've grown up with and the right. the heroes on screen or heroines on screen, whoever they are. I think that shapes you in a way. But um, yeah, now I, I do try to just strive for being authentic and 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 being okay with like, I know it's not always going to line up, but if but I feel worse now if I go into an audition or if I go into an audition, like, like so much is self-tape now, right? Right. Like if I, if I, I'll also say my other secret weapon, but, um, mm -hmm. but if I, if I do a, a self-tape or if I submit to an audition now, um, I feel worse if I don't do something that is, the, is authentic to me. Um, like picking the role? No, not even. Well, I look. I don't get to pick roles. <laughs> uh, okay, gotcha. uh, I get to choose whether or not I'm going to audition for the roles that are sent to me right now. Um, I mean, someday it'd be nice to like pick a role, but yeah. um, I mean, but that's why we create too, because we want to create the roles that we want that to you do. Want to play. Right? Exactly. That's why we do the this exactly. other stuff. But uh, no, my other secret weapon in an audition is, um, and I'm super fortunate, is my wife. Uh, Jennifer, she's an actress. We actually met when I was doing my first feature. Uh, and 
she's an incredible actress and she also has just a, a great gift of being able to, well, in several ways, call off. Wait, am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, I don't mind. You're good. She calls out my, sh- my bullshit, <laughs> whether it's in, in an, in an audition or whether it's in real life. Right. Uh, but it's really helpful in an audition when she's like, Hmm, I don't know, maybe you should do it again. So I'm very fortunate that way. But I would also say to any actors, like, man, if you're doing any self, especially in this age of like self tapes now, like if you're doing anything, like get somebody in that room with you who you trust. You kind of almost have to. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. uh, uh, Even back in the days of like taping at agents offices, I would ask my friends who were actors who I respected and, and trusted. We, we had like this little group of three of us and we would be like, are you going in for this audition? Are you going in for this audition? Let's go all, all go in at the same time and we'll all read for each other. Right. Cause agents are, are great, but no matter what an agent is, most of the time they're not an actor. Right. And so, you know, I mean, you know how it is. It's like they're reading off of you like monotone and just, which is, I get it. And sometimes that's the way it is in a room, but like yeah. anything that you can do to put things in your favor. And that's one of the things. So, yeah. but yeah, a lot of filmmaking in general, I've, I've come to notice is like tipping the scale to your favor. Just like you said, making sure that all the pieces are in place or all the balls are in your court or just enough of them are in your court to be able to make something successful. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you figure it out, let me know too. Cause I, no. <laughs> I will trust me. This stuff is hard. No, but um, you're right, man. You're right, and and uh, and there, there's nothing at all wrong with doing that, and you know, <laughs> yeah, putting everything in your favor that you possibly can, and whether that's uh, if you know somebody or if you're trying, you know, in any kind of way, developing a relationship. Uh, and I think people talk about film and acting and. And, and movie making is being so full of nepotism and it's like who you know and right. it's that's just life to a certain extent i, I mean, support nepotism right i, I mean <laughs> it, it's also like when you get a core group of people and i'm sure you felt this way when you were making your short like you had probably some people in that group where you're like i would go back to to war in film trenches with in these RV. people anytime yeah, and those are the people that i want to have around me and like that's what that's just what happens yeah um yeah so it's beautiful now it's, it's a great beautiful. thing because that's why you see a bunch of you know director actor duos or even actor actor duos or even posse cuts adam sandler he's a, been been becoming a big inspiration of mine but just how he's able to cultivate every movie and make it family friendly and good and the same actors and comedians come in and want to support his work i love so it yeah. i love that i love that's it nice. like do i love all the movies no oh, dude <laughs> I love what he's creating though. I do. Uh, and it's the same. I have the same feeling uh, about M night Shyamalan. Some people love his work. Some people don't. It's right. It's just there. Uh, but what I love that he did with his filmmaking is that he, uh, he planted a flag in Philadelphia and he was like, no, I'm going to make movies in Philadelphia. I'm going to use the crew I'm going to use. And, he, and you do also see like this kind of group of actors that come back and do his movies. I like that. Um, but it's it is kind of a natural thing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you know you have a working relationship with somebody that's good, um, and you keep on doing that. Yeah, you milk it. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You, well, yeah, and it well, you just want to keep on doing it, right? Because the work is great. You love working with these people, and you want to keep on doing that. That's what I mean. That's kind of like what 
I mean, that's what the ultimate goal is in life is like to be loving the thing that we're doing and doing the thing that we love. Right. With um, the people we love or at least yeah, like. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, um, so anytime that I am able to get involved in somebody else's passion project, yeah. I would say that every project is a passion project for someone. Like I love being brought into that and I fully come in and I, I, I try to fully come in with the respect of like, I am being brought into this new group of people, this new family or whatever, whether it's, uh, I don't know, whether it's a, a commercial or a short film or a Tom Hanks film, like you feel really honored to be a part of it and that somebody has brought you into that environment because you know how sacred that like can be. Right. So. Right. Well, even making some of your own films, you know, um, under Big Deal Pictures, that has to be some your passion, you know, putting those movies under your entity and making them as good as possible. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, I mean, acting will always be my, my first like love in this business. Yeah. But um, that is now I, my, my full on goal. Uh, and it's not just for, for doing things under, under big deal pictures, but it's, I mean, in, in a way it's funny because just talking about M night, I like, I feel um, that this city needs to have a flag planted to say like, all right, Let's start uh, upping the level of and people. Like, there's amazing things happening in Columbus. I do not, for one second, claim to be the person who's like, or or this group of people that's coming in to say we're going to change the face of everything. Like, I just want to highlight and like bring all of it to light to help do that in some kind of way. And I think with what we're aiming to do, that we're going to be able to do that to help all the people who are in Columbus doing independent film. I think we can have an amazing identity for this city to be a, like a hub of independent film, not only in the Midwest, but even further. I mean, some of the, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, bringing these stories to life through, through, uh, through the production company now is, yeah, that's, that's like the big, big dream and to keep on doing that. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're like in part two now. Yeah. Like this is a two-parter. It's always the worst, especially when you're building stuff, man, just having to like makeshift every day. <laughs> I can't wait for a continuous recording so you can just have a free-flowing conversation. But um, yeah, we were talking about big deal pictures, um, and I wanted to stem that into talking about Down to the Felt. We are not going to you know, have this conversation without talking about that. And you were touching on making films in Columbus and bringing up independent filmmakers in Columbus was that the inspiration for down to the felt or were you just like I need to make this movie in Columbus Ohio uh wow okay there's a lot okay know, we're gonna unpack a, so no no it's good it's good um it was not the original it, well I mean it kind of was so I went back to school when I was uh in my late 40s uh, mid to late forties and to finish my degree. Cause I'd never finished my bachelor's. Um, and that was something that always gnawed at me hmm. when I finished that it was, uh, during the, I actually graduated, um, at the beginning and of the pandemic of the pandemic. <clears throat> and I spent about a week after doing, after graduating, I spent a week doing kind of nothing. But like I said, my personality is, I always want to have something. Right. And after about a week, I went, uh, I remember my wife was sitting uh, at her desk in, in her little office area. And 
<laughs> I was like, hey. She's like, what? I was like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. She's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, well, I just, I, I know that, like, I want to make movies. Like, that's it. I've, I just, that's what I want to do. Um, and it was, it was after that, that Down to the Felt came around. I knew it was something that uh, I was going to focus. Like, I thought about it. Like, if I spent the last, I, I spent four-ish years finishing my degree. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I, if I put all that time and effort in doing that thing, uh, I can take all of my time and effort that I have available outside of my uh, day job and focus that on building something where I can, you know, where I and the people that I want to be around and that I've worked with before and, and the people that I continue to start meeting along this journey, all these filmmakers, um, like, that's what I want to do. Right. So that was where that, like, genesis started and then it was shortly after that that uh one of the co-writers of down to the felt ralph scott came to me with a, a one-page treatment and it was during the pandemic and the pandemic is really the thing that sparked the the film down to the felt which was this lack of having a creative outlet right. remember that time when none of us could really do anything right. right i mean there was no theater there was no film there's no nothing's happening nothing and i just felt like i was in this creative void just like everybody felt and the one thing i figured out that maybe you could do is like write you could write you could come up with stories we could do that and so ralph came to me with that one page treatment of an idea and i said oh man i bet this is something that you me and dino tripotis the other writer uh could work on and so we spent a year and a half working on the script um, and did nothing but write whenever we could. We wrote separately. We would get together and we would safely distance ourselves <laughs> outside uh, until it got too cold. And then, um, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we just focused on, um, just focused on that, focused on the writing. And so usually it's a little more than like one page, right? Like, you can't really build anything off of a page, especially when you're you're somewhere like Columbus, Ohio. So what really caught your eye about Down to the Felt? Uh, and it wasn't even Down to the Felt then. It was, mm. it was just, no, it was, well, I think, it, no, I think the one page thing absolutely is what sparked it. Because I, it, it was the story about a guy who's a gambler and, uh, he wanted to like make his life feel like it was the last two minutes of a game. Right. But originally it was like over the course of, I think it was like maybe a year. Like he gave himself a year and then he was going to like have somebody kill him at the end of the year or something like that. It was, I, I, Dino actually has the one page treatment like framed on his, yeah. on his wall. I should go back and read it. Uh, because I've been living with what the story has become now. Right. It, I mean, it hugely evolved, right? So it did evolve it a should. lot from that. So, yeah. But that was absolutely the spark in it. And what I saw in it was like, oh, this is something that um, we could do as that hits all of our strengths with Dino's uh, uh, dialogue and the story structure that, that I love to do and uh, the kind of the vision that I had in my head of it uh, and Ralph with his incredible uh, background in – improvisation he came he comes out of second city chicago i mean 
his instructors were Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert I mean, at that time. Like, so he's, he is, uh, and he's an incredible actor and that just facilitate helped us facilitate the writing process even more because we would sometimes act out scenes uh, where we were trying to figure out, okay, where is this going to go? And we right. just like, man, Ralph's just so brilliant at doing that, but we treated it like a writer's room, more like uh, like a series or like an episodic. Because I have a lot of people ask me, like, three people wrote a screenplay. How does that work? I'm like, well, how do how that does it work. work when people have a writer's room on yeah. a, on an episode episodic? You're just bouncing show, those ideas, right? right? You work as a team, to write. right? It's it's no different, and um, yeah. So that's how we that's how we approached it. I, I mean, that's where it started from, and now it's become this thing where. Yeah we really see it possibly being something to help uh, uh, bring attention to Columbus. Um, it was not always set in Columbus, but we were always going to film it in Columbus uh, once we made the decision to do that, which wasn't always the case. We thought we were going to sell the script. I mean, it's written like you guys were thinking that at first, um, but I love the turn of writing it or writing it and uh, producing it in Columbus. There's just so many rich ways to tell a story here. I absolutely agree. Like so many, too many to count. Uh, diverse amount of people. A lot of people want to act. A lot of people are good at what they do, um, but just don't know that all you got to do is put a camera in front of it to be considered what an actor, an actress would be, or a producer, or anything. So uh, that's one of the things that excites me incredibly about this project yeah. is that it's a it, and I see it happening already. <laughs> and how it's starting to come together is that it's this beautiful blend of, of that and having people who are so freaking incredibly talented that, that go sadly unnoticed uh, in the larger markets because of where we are and uh, just the, the sheer number of projects that don't get made here in this area. And <clears throat> excuse me, not only, like actors, but, and you know, this, like when I say talent, I mean, from all sides of the camera, there's so many amazing, amazingly talented people in this town. Um, and the wonderful things about the resources and the diversity of it, yeah. and we get all seasons and locations and everything else like that. And the infrastructure that's here too. I mean, everything is just sitting here waiting to go. It's like people don't understand like how much, of a film career career can be started behind the camera just as much as it is in front of the camera. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Like there's Ohio media school, but they're the only ones really running ads here. <laughs> like, you know I mean? like, and it's not, you know, it's it, it, not that it's going to be a film uh, that's happening every single, right. you know, four weeks or right. three weeks or five weeks or however long the shoot is. But like, you're so absolutely correct about that, Mark, which is um, there are wonderful opportunities where – and it's like this in every market where people are making their living by doing commercial work in between the films that come in mm -hmm. or the films that get produced. Um, but learning those crafts of being a gaffer, a grip, um, you know, whatever it is, hair, makeup, wardrobe, right. uh, production design, right? Like those are an so, so many – there's so many departments – in I'll say film, but also that have to be done in every other kind of commercial world right. uh, work that there is. Um, yeah. I'm excited about seeing like more and more people like seeing Columbus 
specifically get a deeper and deeper roster of crew that is talented. They're they're out there. Mm-hmm. They're here. They're not out there. They're here. They're mm-hmm. here in Columbus. So many of them, and so many more. That there's there's room for that to happen. It's ridiculous. Um, can you speak to what film funding is like for somebody in Columbus? Because I know I've been trying to look for resources and I found resources, but. Um, there's kind of like levels to it. You know what I mean? Uh, for those who don't know, we did meet at Pitch C Bus uh, 23. I feel like you should have won that one. I understand <laughs> I understand a lot of the reason why you didn't get picked um, based on even the concert reel that you showed. It just looked like you guys were able to do it without that extra money. You know, but how does one get film funding? How do people find you here? How do people believe in your project? Like, how does that get started? It started, I guess, by having a really trying to be a really loud voice. <laughs> really, I mean, so not the product. I, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I know the answer to that, Mark. Um, uh, I mean, we're we're in we're we're deep into fundraising right now, still. Right. So, uh, again, I think it comes back to a little bit, a little bit of what we were talking about before, which is you have to explore every possible avenue that you have access to um i i I guess i'll also say um i think a lot of it is also about commitment um it's a good one yeah touch on that like i i just i i think that uh well, I, I know for me personally, I'm, I'm absolutely 100% committed to making this movie happen. Um, and there's a there's a lot of reasons underneath that. Um, I mean, one, there's nothing like set life, but also for the reasons that we've talked about before, about like this being something that can be an impetus for more and more things to happen. I really, my, my goal is not just to make this movie. I want to make this movie, but right. my, that's not my only goal. My goal is to make movies and to also ultimately have a sustainable profitable independent film industry develop in Columbus and whatever I can do as part of that and I think that this film is something that's going to be part of that whatever I can do to be help that happen that's what I'm committed to so um, I, I think it, it's 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 a combination of things it's a combination of showing how committed you are to the thing that you're doing the, the level of professionalism that you have, which continually grows as, you know, as you continue to do things. Um, but also I think it's, you know, I think we're also fortunate that there have been people who have stepped out and done amazing films from Columbus, like um, loose films. Yeah. Those guys at loose films are freaking so freaking talented. Yeah. Um, and the success that they've had with poser going to Tribeca film festival and then getting distributed. Um and with what they're, what they're they're going to go on to do next, um, like I can't wait to see what they're they're going to do next. And they have a love for this city. Um, and I've known these guys since they were uh, film students. Most of them since they were film students at Denison. Um, so we're really fortunate to have ha- them have had that success because that and, and the more that that happens for different productions, yeah. and different people around this city, the more. We're going to be able to, you know, have not only film production be born from Columbus, but then I think we'll get to a place where we'll be able to have production 
productions in the indie world be able to say like, oh, Columbus is like the place to go to like film. Right. If you want to get a niche film done, come here. Yeah. You know, if it fits within a certain budget and, you know, hopefully the tax incentive uh, from the state of Ohio continues to evolve, uh, which it's starting to, but I think it still has a ways to go. Um, I mean, I think that would be helpful too. So, um, man, did I answer your question? Definitely. (laughs) When you say uh, tax incentive, so film companies get incentivized to make stuff here because they'll get breaks for it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and okay. So we're still, t- yeah. I mean, talking about financing, by the way, like to answer your question, I, I don't know the answer. Uh, like I, I will just come back and say that again about financing. It is like, it is the elusive thing to figure out. And I mean, there are definitely, uh, places and organizations within central Ohio to go to like greater Columbus arts council, I mean, for sure, to engage with the film commission in Columbus, right? right. To try to find those opportunities, there's, um, there's, there's a lot of grants that are out there, and that's what we're also in the process of still doing. Not just in in Ohio, but there's a lot of national grants to apply for. Right. Um, and just like a quick Google search of like film grants that are available, you, like blows your mind. There's so many to do now. Grant writing to get like five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars when you have a budget that's like I don't know, like three million dollars is it's not nothing but uh you've also got to like decide okay writing a grant for this and taking all that time to do that is it worth that right um and so um we've been really fortunate as well to establish a relationship with a nonprofit here in town wild goose creative mm-hmm. they're an amazing organization uh, their whole goal is to make art accessible for all people in Columbus, and they do that through the location that they have in Franklinton. Uh, they have, uh, you know, it's a place where art galleries can happen, open mics, bands can play there. They, uh, everything that they do to enrich the artist community, not just in film, but in every kind of medium, I've always loved. I've always loved what they've they've been about, yeah. and so I was really excited when we got. Uh, to start a conversation with them and they agree to be what's called our fiscal sponsor. And that means that people can make tax deductible donations that go towards our film, but a percentage of that goes to wild goose creative. Right. So they extend their nonprofit to us. Right. So they can keep working. Exactly. And, and I just, it's just such a beautiful relationship yeah. um, to have. Um, and since, um, we had a fundraiser. I mean, that's the other thing that we did. We had a fundraising event to bring, not only bring awareness, but also to bring some people in to show on, on a larger scale, what we're trying to do. Um, uh, well, I should say what we're going to do. Uh, and out of that, um, we've already had donations starting to come in like, and now on our website, we have a donate now, I guess I, I should at some point maybe figure out like I should be plugging that. Um, but people can start doing that now and they can do it in any amount. And we've had uh, a, a range of amounts already come in through, through that, um, through that great relationship that we have with them now. So, so that's another way. And then of course there's private equity investment. I think that really comes down to starting out like, who do you know? And then who do they know? And then who do they know? Right. So it's just like, you have to keep on going down that, that rabbit hole of like, but I think it all begins with commitment, and that's stepping out and saying, I'm a filmmaker. I'm going to make this film. And then kind of anywhere you go when somebody says, oh, well, what do you do? And I say, 
I make uh, movies. I'm a filmmaker. Which is the coolest tagline ever. Right. right? You meet yeah. somebody who makes films, like, ooh, okay, I want to learn more. And um, and I think you never know who you're going to run into someplace. Sure. And I mean, if that's really what you are, then then say it. Be proud of it. Say it. I mean, I, I, I can also say, like, there was a period of time where it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm really a filmmaker. I don't know if I'm a director, but no, that's what I am. Um, and so when people ask me, I say, I'm a, I'm a director, writer, director, you know? Yeah. And that sometimes sparks a conversation, but it's like following that rabbit hole. So you can't like go anywhere. But exactly. there's a combination of things that, that I think, um, and also through the tax incentive through Ohio. But the tax incentive is interesting because it's actually a, a tax credit that you get back after you've completed the film and Makes you have sense. to apply for it. Right. So, um, which we're in the middle of that process right now. I think that in the next like two or three days, the, the window closes Ooh. for the application. So we're, I'm, I'm after, actually after this, I'm going back and finishing Good. the paperwork for that. So, Good. but um, it can be up to 30% of all the expenses that are in Ohio. You could get back as a tax credit afterwards. So it's a wonderful thing that they have. And I just hope it continues to get better in how it's executed. So. All right. Going back to building a sustainable business model. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what percentage of just filmmaking in general has been network for you? Uh, of my personal filmmaking. Yeah. Um, it's pretty I, I difficult mean, to, uh, well, at least for me, somebody who wants to go kind of the independent route, um, also not see and kind of have some resentment towards playing the game, you know, kind of massaging relationships. You know, I mean, yeah, you have to do that to a certain degree, but you also want to make your film and your thing and having too many hands in the pot. You know, private equity shareholders, they can start pushing the film towards a direction it wasn't supposed to go originally because they have their hand in it. So how do you balance and kind of tiptoe around keeping the movie as is, but also getting that funding? I'd straight up tell them, hey, the movie's going to get made as you like it, but under the guise of what's going to happen here. Like, you can't tell me to change something if you're going to give me the money. Like, so it's, it's tough. I, I think, uh, I've been fortunate that, uh, I have not run into a, a situation where, and I think a lot of it comes with what you just said, being, being upfront with people, and being very clear about what someone's involvement is right. when it comes to an equity investor. Um, and I, so what I've always led with, and, and most of the, of the time it, it's been through networking and things like that. But what I've led with when, I, when it's been that situation is, and what I think in my head and try to just continue to act with is that, People are going to be a part of this project because they want to be a part of the project mm -hmm. um, and they want to be a part of that story. I mean, I, I can see how it's really hard to turn down money with somebody says, oh, yeah, but if you just, you know, what have you thought about changing this or changing this? And I, so they, you know, like, um, it's, it's really hard to like walk away from an investor. And so I think it's a constant like struggle, like – I think a perfect example might also be like we're, we're looking at doing um, some product placements as raising part of the budget for this film. And with a product placement, it's like, oh, OK, well, a product placement that's going to be on the like if we're shooting a bar scene and, and the back wall of the liquor on the in the bar 
if we're going to make it all one kind of brand, um, that doesn't change my right. story, though, <laughs> right? So you've got to figure out like what's going to, where can you, where can you give, uh, and where do you not want to give up uh, of what your story is? Um, but I think for me, I've always just led with that idea of saying um, you're bringing you're bringing the funds to make this happen. We're telling the story. If you believe in the story as it is, as it's done, then we should work together. Right. We should. I'd love to have you be a part of this. And if not, then maybe it's not right. And that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Especially when thousands of dollars are on the line. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, uh, but I think it comes back to like your commitment, your professionalism, um, the reasons why you're wanting to do something. Um, and I think you'll find, you'll find your, your, you'll find that, group of people who believe in the same things as you right right um yeah good enough i love that answer um so it's you it's ralph and then who's the third is it the taller gentleman or is ralph ralph's the tall guy okay got you and then there's dino tripoda so it's uh, ralph scott dino tripoda and myself the three of us wrote it yeah i saw you guys on nbc4 oh yeah okay all right yeah no that was uh wait i think it was on 10 yeah it was on 10 sorry about that I have to say that also because uh, they have – this is another wonderful thing that's happened is they have uh, committed to being our media partner. Uh, oh, man. So they're going to follow – this is the, this is the other cool thing that's happening. Yeah. They're, they're going to follow uh, our story uh, and the film all the way through production, all the way up to the local premiere. Wow. So they're going to have uh, pieces and we're going to have uh, Bram Folk who's uh, – the the gentleman who's the producer of the segments um he's uh can't thank him enough for for championing our story to to wbns 10 tv uh but it's going to be really cool because this city is going to be able to follow the production and the creation of this movie as we shoot on the streets here and as we shoot in locations and uh, i don't think i've ever seen that done before in columbus so yes so (laughs) it's 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 pretty exciting to think about we're really thankful for that that relationship with them and that yeah that piece was the first one uh uh, to start the whole thing rolling so it's beautiful yeah you guys are set to shoot uh spring we are set to shoot in the spring of 2024 um yeah i was just going through my schedule the other day so is this surreal it, it it is in a way um yeah it is in a way it is but you know uh there's there's so much that goes into it it's like you kind of get lost in it um but yeah um but in a way it's just like i i just i believe and i know that um uh, what we're doing is is going to be not only a good thing for the film that we're doing but for the for the city and for the people for the for my fellow filmmakers and art film artists who are in the city too so that's that's what that's I what I love. For it. Can't wait for it now. Um, I've also kind of fallen in love with the good documentation of certain things. I, I don't think that there should be a documentary for everything, but um, something like this, second to none, should be recorded. <laughs> good job, man. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And well, it, and the one other wonderful thing is like yeah. this relationship, like. Not I'm having just, ever dude, like I just press record. No, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, like the fact that that you and I are sitting here talking, yeah. and uh, that we were both, uh, you know, I just happened to be the one pitching 
at the contest, you very well will be pitching at the next one for whatever maybe you're going to be doing, and I'll be in the audience. But I, I love the the. I mean, it, it's it's the attitude that you had coming into that, and um, I'm so thankful you came up and said something to me. And and um, it was the best produced piece of like video I saw in there. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> you know, I mean, like. I don't know. I gotta know. We gotta name names here. So that was all thanks to you. Uh, well, and and I will say thank you, thank you. Um, there was a whole slew of people behind. You know, you know, right. like uh, we worked hard on that on that production piece and on the concept reel that we had and everything else. But uh, yeah, I, I love it because it leads to things like uh, I, I never would have known about you before doing that. So just be open to like the experiences that, that the journey will take you on and the people that you're going to run into. Yeah. So. And whatever you guys need, man, literally, if you need me to bring some donuts, I shouldn't be <laughs> Sad life is incredible. And I'll easily take PTO off. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, I wanted to keep kicking your, I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to take you up on that, by the way. Okay. So, okay. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. Nah, Not just on the donuts part. I mean, we love, we all love donuts, but, um, Krispy Kreme or Dunkin'. <laughs> if you had to choose. I got it. Uh, okay. I'm going to say neither. Right. I, I know oh, you're going to, I know you're going to you hate go. this uh, because, and the other part of it is uh, honey dip donuts on Kenny road is by far my favorite donut shop. It's probably it, the best plug you did all day. Dude. It is. Yeah. It is the best. Honey dip. Honey donuts dip donuts on Kenny, on Kenny road. Okay. Yeah. Right close to Henderson and Kenny. Got you. The, uh, I would turn, yeah. Okay, no, say less, say less. That's it. Um, let's <laughs> kind of shift gears here, kind of think a little futuristically. Um, put your tinfoil cap on. Ooh, okay. Um, right. Let's talk about AI. Let's talk about SAG-AFTRA. Let's talk about the strike. Let's okay. Talk about all the ramifications of the newer technologies we see, how that comes into filmmaking and acting today. Um, I don't know how up to speed you are on like what they can do with deep fakes and all of this good nature stuff, but pretty much what they can do is encode your face, encode your voice, put it onto a screen in perpetuity forever. Um, that's through programming technology and everything like that. Um, I was wondering if that affected you at all. You know, I know that there was a complete strike. Um, yes. So the strike deeply affected us. Uh, those specific issues that SAG went on strike about um, did not directly affect right. me, but um, I am a SAG actor mm -hmm. uh, and our, our film is a SAG film that we're doing. Okay. So, so kind of the, the effect that that had on us was it shut down. Basically we originally were shooting to uh, shooting and we were aiming to film in fall of this year right and then the strike happened and we could not any longer negotiate with any actors and everything was just on a hold so it so the fact that the strike happened delayed us now we kind of saw it as a blessing in disguise mm -hmm. um or chose to look at it that way right take that opportunity as you know the more pre-production time that you have the better and we had no choice, yeah. right? So <laughs> great, great, great. So that's how we looked at it. But uh, from an actor, and 
and then from an acting side as an as a SAG actor, yeah, I was just there's no no shot at doing any motion picture or television work. Right. Now the other contracts are still okay to do. So like commercial acting, mm-hmm. industrials, voiceovers, things like that. But uh, um it's crazy what what can what they can do and the those protections absolutely need to be in place. Um and and the more uh actors that just say like all right, I'm just going to take a paycheck and you can use my image or likeness for whatever. Um, you know, it sets a precedent for production companies or for producers to say like, okay, yeah, most people will just settle for having like a one-time paycheck. And it's, I think it's, uh, it does a, a disservice in the long run uh, to settle for that. Although I get it too, like people got to work. It's, it's a, it's, man, it's a, like a tough balance between those two things. Like, Especially in a, in, a, in a market like this, you know, we're, we're not L.A., we're not New York, we're not Chicago. So when the work comes, like whatever work comes, you kind of got to jump at it, to, yeah. right? Yeah, especially um, if you're considering, like you said, um, standing on, hey, I'm a filmmaker. Right. Like, okay, let's get this done then if you're a filmmaker. Yeah. That's why I wanted to bring it up, though, because a lot of it, I've seen it work not only for me, but for tons of people on the Internet, right? which is, you know, the gates that we all go by. But they're using a lot of, uh, AI-generated imagery, acting, even voiceovers to get a lot of the smaller work done. Um, essentially, like taking people away from their work and their jobs. Yeah. Um, which I'm on the fence about because I agree with doing if you don't have the resources, but also am a fan of employing people. So I was wondering, what are your thoughts on that? There's, there's got to be a way you're listening and like got your ear to the ground about what may be happening. Um, I. My, well, okay. So the two-parter of that, like my personal opinion is yeah. that it, it has to be the artist that's rewarded for the work. And um, I think just, I mean, a, a little bit of a, a side to that is that I think there's a, there's a huge divide between uh the compensation that that uh, the AMPTP and the organizations like the Screen Actors Guild uh, for their for their for the actors that are in it are are being for what they're being paid. Um, I it's interesting because I I always like I'm gonna okay I'm gonna go back in time now. Remember a thing called Napster? Yes. Yeah. When Napster came out. It was like, at first, I thought it was the best thing ever. I get in whatever music I want. I could get, you know, everything was right there. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time, I had a friend who was a SAG actor. And he's like, well, what if that was your music? And now all your residuals are just gone because somebody just put your stuff out there and everybody's getting it for free. Don't you think you should be compensated for it? I was like, well... Yeah, I, mean, I guess, you know, it's, <laughs> and so I think it's it. we got to find that balance of like, OK, what can what how can we make that kind of technology work in what kind of way that is fair and equitable to all parties involved? And I think there's a way to do it. Um, but I think the people who are in charge of it obviously want to do it for as little money as that as they have to. Yeah. But that so now there's a new contract from SAG that has uh, yet to be ratified by the SAG members um, voting is open right now. 
but um, they did come to an agreement. So, uh, you know, um, it's, I, I just think it comes down to the issue of fair and equitable pay for work done. And I believe in that. So I don't know if I have my ear to the ground on anything else that's really happening with it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess it's kind of like treat the people the way that you would want to be treated. You know, yeah. so if you wouldn't want your image and likeness to be used without you getting compensated, like maybe you should think about that when you're making that decision. <laughs> I can't tell you what to do, but that's what I would do. Yeah. So the beauty is, um, like, there's just it's a lot faster and more efficient for a production company like a big deal pictures. You know, if you wanted to get something done grassroots, you can now. But is that the most feasible thing? Are you going to get the most person ROI versus just, hey, let's put this good-looking, cool-looking film out? Um, it's pretty nuanced, man. It's pretty nuanced. It is. It is. And everything is. I th- well, I, you know, I, I, I feel Not like... to get all heebie-jeebie. No, I, I, I think... blue in the daytime on me. <laughs> no, man. I, but it, everything is nuanced, but also in a way that you made me think about, like, life is full of a bunch of gray. Yeah, and I think when we're uh, younger, and I just and I mean younger in any kind of path, whether it's younger in a professional path or younger in life, usually too, like we tend to think in blacks and whites, like stark contrasts, yeah. right? And I just personally feel like my view is that as as I uh, get on in life and experiences, like life is in the gray area; it's not just all one way or the other it's life is kind of in the middle uh uh as a matter of fact dino our, one mm-hmm. of the writers had a great saying and uh he's like we were talking about somebody who's who was giving one side of a story and he hadn't talked to the other person on the other side of the story yet and he, we were talking about it and he said i don't know johnny the truth is somewhere in the middle I was like ooh, i like that like because he hadn't heard the other side of it. he's like i mean i I believe this person, but I haven't heard the other side of it. So like, like, it, like life is kind of in the gray. Like it's, you got to figure out how to make, how to make all those things work. I feel like that's how you make a good movie too. You know, you can't just be like, you go too political going too black or too white, but that gray area is how you get those classic movies, the cold classics and the movies that even if you hate, you're like, okay, I see why this came out. Hmm. Right. The, those, those sharp, <laughs> Spect- ends of the spectrum will have their little followings, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think yeah. you can make something that's accessible in a way that makes everybody experience universal feelings. Um, it can be done in a horror movie, it can be done in a comedy, it can be done in a drama or an action. Or, but if if you focus in on like the shared experiences of life and the shared feelings of life, yeah. Good. Yeah. Hopes. I certainly hope so, Mark. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> right. Try. Try. That's what we're trying to do. Do you have um, any advice for any up-and-coming filmmakers, actors, producers, people who just like touching a camera and storytelling? You know, any advice, any encouragement, any discouragement? <laughs> no discouragement. No discouragement. Make your movie. Uh, Make yes. Yeah. <laughs> be around it as much as you possibly can. Um, Molly Cruzman, who we're also really fortunate to have as part of our production team. Yeah. Uh, but Molly Cruzman, uh, 
uh, a while ago set up this uh, filmmaker gathering mm -hmm. that happens once a month. And it just comes back to this idea of networking. I would say my biggest, my biggest advice would be to continue to network, but also um, be real with yourself about um, what you want to, what you want to do with this thing that you love. And, and when I say that, I mean, like for me, it was, so when I, I made that decision that I was like, okay, I want to start taking acting seriously. So I read, I would took classes. I, I, I found out whatever available resource there was. And then I started asking people just to be a part of like films, even if I wasn't acting on it, just so I could see and be a part of it. Like, right. I, I think, so the set, maybe the second part of that is, um, be, if you want to be involved in some kind of, in any aspect of, of this thing we call filmmaking or making movies, I think it's also really important to have a good uh, respect for all the different parts of it. Um, That's huge. But I would, I would try to do any kind of work on any kind of film uh, that's happening, uh, whether it's, you know, being a PA or um, anything. Um, you know, if you can afford to do it, do, be an intern on something. I, I don't know. I just, I knew that once I made that decision, I, I like I had to be around film as much as I possibly can, and I was willing to do whatever I could that didn't jeopardize like my, my family or my job, right. right? But to be a part of it, like just to get to to be involved in it. So, um, yeah, I guess that would that, that would be my advice, and and also if it's and here's the here's my big piece of advice. If this thing that you're doing, writing, directing, acting, producing, whatever it is, um, gaffing, ripping, whatever, camera department, if that's the thing that you love, that you are passionate about, then if you, okay, if, if, <laughs> if that's the thing that you are passionate about, then, then don't stop doing it. I said it before, the surest way to not make it is if you stop doing it. And I really believe that ultimately you will be successful if you just continue to do that, that thing that you are passionate about, because there's nothing that replaces passion. There's nothing. And all the things that, that you need to learn can come along with it. But if you don't have a passion, if you don't have that desire in you, and if you don't follow that, then it doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter how much you learn. It doesn't matter what kind of people are around. Um, follow that passion. And I, 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 believe and i want to believe that if you do that then the work will be there eventually <laughs> but the work will be there good man good uh where can the people find you where can the people find the movie uh we get to you? easy one to start off with uh the the movie uh our handle is down to the felt movie so that is our website. That is our social medias. Uh, and uh, I guess I, I should also definitely say that if anybody is uh, feeling that giving spirit of donating the generosity, season. right? Um, now that's a it, it really is a beautiful thing because people can now make, if they go to our website, which is down to the felt movie.com, there's a donate now button. And again, those donations are tax deductible 
And they're not only going to go to benefit our fiscal sponsor, Wild Goose Creative, um, but also it, it's going to be putting film artists to work in Columbus. Like that donation is going straight to employing film artists in Columbus. Huge. And it could be Huge. the difference of them making their year in income, uh, whether it's on whatever side of the camera. Right. Um, so for that five weeks of production that we're doing, we're going to be employing, uh, easily 200 film artists between actors and crew. And that doesn't even get into touch on the, the vendors that we're going to be using for food and, and everything else. So, uh, driving the economy. Yeah, exactly. That, and that's the economical impact that, the, that a film can have on a place. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. So down to the felt movie.com down to the felt movie, social media handle. And then, uh, people can find me on Instagram. I, if I can, let me see if I can remember it. I think it's the John Osbeck. No H. I think so too. No H. J O N Osbeck. Yeah, I've lived my life thinking that my middle name was No H because I would say I'm John No H Osbeck. So <laughs> I love that, John. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being here, and uh, this conversation was amazing, man. You're welcome. Uh, dude, anytime. Mark, uh, I, I'd be honored to come back anytime. So uh, I, I'm just again so happy that we met at the pitch contest and that you said something, and I'm, and I'm very thankful and. For what you said about the film and about the pitch and yeah, i'm just uh, i'm glad to sit down with you and get to know you a little bit better you guys are gonna win man um let's schedule one for probably in the spring when you guys start shooting again Ooh, okay i'll be deep in it but we yeah that'd be fun to do like something uh just as we're getting ready to shoot mm-hmm. yeah man yeah like right before absolutely yeah yeah that'd be great cool, cool i mean for sure you're gonna be on the set somehow i mean we'll figure it we'll you know We'll, uh, we'll figure out something. I'm going to cry later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. All right.